I will take what is mine with and blood. Welcome to the Make Westeros Great Again podcast, the greatest podcast that ever was or will be. We've brought fire and ice together. We'll be here in perpetuity. We are here to cover HBO's Game of Thrones, and most importantly, we are here to make Westeros great again. My name is Kevin of House Maverick. And my name is Andrew of House Jefferson Beauregard Sessions. Okay, Kevin, we're here to talk about the third episode, Queen's Justice. A couple things I want to talk about. I've got a, uh, I've got a couple name for, for Danny and John. Mm. You ready for oh, it? okay. Yeah. Icy Hot. Oh, good one. That's a good one. Icy Hot. That's a good one. I, I, it's not really that good. but No, but that's what I'm going to call it. Icy Hot is... A uh, little on the nose. A little on the nose. Yeah, but the marketing's already done. It's true. Shaq can just come out and right. <laughs> do it for him. It's already done. Yeah. Um, we've also... Uh, this was one episode that had two invasions, two sieging, sieges of cities. That happened in the last five minutes. It's very quick. Three invasions if you talk about the finger up the... You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> What? <laughs> that that was just theoretical. That was merely planning. That was just I caught you off guard on that, that one. That was a war <laughs> planning. <laughs> that was, I was not ready for that one. It's like, what is he talking? Oh, that's right. And uh we also learned that revenge is a dish best served just cruelly and viciously and mean and awful. Yeah, there was that. That was definitely that. Although I really liked that scene. That was maybe my favorite sand snake scene. Well, yeah, I mean, first of all, there's not a lot to choose from, and any scene where the Sand Snakes cannot talk... They can't talk. That was the best part, yeah. I, I will say, and this is not a not a new take by any means on, on this scene, uh, for a lot of people talk about it, uh, they're like, oh yeah, the Sand Snakes can't talk, they were bound and gagged, but also, like, Tyene Sand is still terrible, even if she can't talk. Like, her facial expressions were awful so at least That's, being gagged uh like prevented her from like emoting too much but the emoting she did do oh so bad i, I won't disagree with that okay kevin well we, we've actually got a huge episode for the folks today uh let's give a brief rundown of what's going on we've got two segments one of them is called draft kings the other one's called FanDuel. Just hang on for for a description of what those said. They're completely different. They're they're completely different. One's called DraftKings. One called FanDuel. We're also gonna do some, of course, wildfire hot takes, and then we'll close with the Book of Brothers and some it is known predictions. But first, as always, we're gonna start off by going to the box score, and of course, the box score is all about kills. So I went ahead and counted all these. Uh, let's go to the easy ones first. Jamie Lannister, one kill, Queen of Thorns. We're assuming she dies. We saw the poison yeah. go into the glass. We saw her drink the poison. We didn't see her die, but we're going to count it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she's dead. Cersei Lannister killed Tyene Sand. Same situation. Poison on lips, chained up, watch her die. We're going to give her that kill. She's done. Yep. We can retroactively take it away if Tyene Sand suddenly, you know... You know, magically is immune to this poison. Uh, so those are the two. The other one, Grey Worm, I have him at seven, and then I have him in parentheses probably because there was the uh, Dothraki, not Dothraki, the uh, what do they call the Unsullied, Unsullied invasion of uh, Casterly Rock. 
which, uh, you know, there was they had their helmets on. I think I saw a guy who was, you know, the leader of this one-on-one superhero battle. I think it was Grey Worm, and I think he killed it's hard seven to tell. guys. It's hard to tell. Yeah, so but I'm going to give him seven. If anybody wants to, like, challenge me on that, we're not going to do that. Uh, so anyway, that's the box score. But that leads us into the next thing, Kevin, and that is the MVP of the episode. I'm sure you've got some opinions on the MVP. So we got to talk about Euron going two for two on the season so far as my MVP. And I think yours, too, if I recall right, right. now. Maybe you gave well, Aria. Well, I mean, I, I may have given Aria, but like theoretically, this is Euron's chance to go for a three-peat. Or a three-peat. Like, and that's when you start talking about, okay, when you get three in a row... What are you talking? You're talking about like Le- legendary, legendary, legend of Gin Alley. This is I, all time, all time great. And so it was tough because he is in the running. I think, you know, he, he came through again. He got a parade in his honor, more or less. He, he came through, uh, then went back out and, and, and stormed some more ships, knocked them out, uh, out there in, uh, Casterly rock. So like he had a pretty good episode. That said, uh, it's tough because Cersei had a really good episode, too. She got her justice. The whole episode's named after that. I think I'm going to give it to Cersei. I think you got to give it to Cersei. She she did the most. She basically came back from 3-1 lead, right? That's, that's the joke going around on Twitter. She was down. I mean, she was outnumbered. She didn't have any allies. And then now she's winning the war. Yeah. Like, she's in a good spot. Yeah, we're going to talk about that, too, because obviously Danny needs a little shakeup at the top. We're, we're going to get to that. But there's they need some help over in uh, Team Danny right now. Something's not quite right. They got to they gotta do something to, to mix it up a little bit. Yeah. But I agree. All right, so. A couple Cersei other yes, yeah, a couple other possibilities. Jamie, you know, he did lead those. He came up with that plan, that rock star plan. That's true. He came up That's with true. that. Uh, Queen of Thorns got a couple good jabs in there at the end, uh, right near before she expired. But I think you got to give it to Cersei, right? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Okay, Kevin, we're going to move on. We have no Rookie of the Year candidates, but we do have a Comeback Player of the Year, and that is Tycho Nestoris, the banker from the Iron Bank of Bravos, making his triumphant return to Westeros. Uh, <laughs> I used to kind of like the guy because he's like, you know, he injects a little bit of reality. Now it's just like, he, are you guys going to collect on this debt or not? I like it. You know, this is like the one thing in Westeros that I sort of I get. Like, the banker is there to make good bets, get his money back. Like I, the one thing in Westeros or in this whole world, Estos, whatever, like the bank of Bravos is like the, in, in my mind, for some reason, I don't like, I mean, between us, I don't really like all the magic stuff sometimes, but like the banker who's like an actual banker and is trying to make up his money. I really kind of understand that. So I'm going with the, the, the fact that I actually do like the iron bank of Bravos and I like Tycho, whatever. He is making a good bet right now. He got his money back, and he's probably going to extend a bigger loan. Well, we don't know that yet. We we don't know that yet. They haven't. Got, he hasn't got the money back. The money's got to get uh, taken from Highgarden. How is the Iron Bank of Bravos not in need of a bailout? I mean, okay, slave trade <laughs> goes out. They they gave all their money to Stannis. Gone. That money from Stannis, like those pouches and pouches of gold, gone. 
the, the money from Cersei and years and years from Robert, like they're just now getting it back. Maybe. Uh, so, so I don't know. I, I I think that you know where are they making their money? Where what are their investments? Did they like invest in some uh, you know little startup company of, of self driving horses that's now you know paying off? Are they <laughs> <laughs> some some kind of horse Uber that's you know losing billion dollars of gold every year? Ooh, but, this uh, is a segment idea that we might have to come back to <laughs> of uh, <laughs> what the Iron Bank should invest in other than Cersei. There you go. Yes. That, make that a Twitter question for, for next week. What should the Iron Bank of Bravos invest in uh, besides Cersei? Thank you. Like startups, maybe it could be commodities, maybe it could be pork belly futures. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever they need to do with their money to get it back. But anyway, Tycho makes a uh, case for. Uh, uh, comeback player of the year. Got to go up against Hot Pie, which is tough. That's going to be tough. Uh, but we will see. Okay, Kevin, uh, I think that's all our normal things other than Hall of Fame qualifiers. And, uh, of course, to qualify for the Hall of Fame, you must be dead. That's all. That's your only qualification. But then to get into the Hall of Fame, you have to be voted on by the Baseball Writers Association of Westeros. And uh, we've got two qualifiers, and that's uh, Tyene Sand, one of the Sand Snakes. And we've got Lady Olena, the Queen of Thorns. Let's start off with the easy one, Kevin. Tyene, the Queen of Thorns. Tyene Sand? Oh. No, Tyene Sand. Does she get in? <laughs> uh, okay, so she had... No, I'm, I'm not even going to try. She She does not get in. Yeah, she doesn't get in. Not 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 worth spending time. Not but Queen the, of not Thorns. Not even for the bronze. Scene. Queen of Thorns. Does Queen of Thorns get into the Hall of Fame? I think so. Uh, I did put this out on Twitter. Got a couple good responses. Uh, the first one from uh, Elkso America. Clayton Bigham said, uh, first ballot for Joffrey alone. She also managed to keep House Tyrell relevant with an army of gardeners and virtually no slugging percentage. Which right. I like that. No slugging percentage, but like no got a lot done. They got a lot Ricky done. Here's Henderson, another one from, like Ricky Henderson. She got done in other ways. Here's another one from Will Wyrock. Will Wyrock. Olena equals CP3. Hall of Famer because she's great, but accomplished nothing. Killing Joffrey's nice, but Marjorie and Loras still wound up roasted. You know, honestly, the Tyrells are basically a, a consistent second round exit in the playoffs every year. The yeah, Tyrells haven't done consistent. Haven't, yeah, consistently get there. Like the Clippers yeah. with CP3. Consistently get to the second round. Uh, needed to make some some bigger trades. Like needed to get Carmelo a couple of years ago. Needed to trade Blake Griffin for somebody. Uh, and then, you know, f- foolishly kept around DeAndre Jordan. You know, they're consistently second round, but they're not going to make the title. So... You know, she get probably she, she gets the Hall of Fame in my book, but she's not gonna be we're not gonna have an exhibit in a wing of the uh the Hall of Fame dedicated to Lady Olena. She gets her bust, we move on. She's got pretty good quips though. Like in terms of like her quip game, there might not have been very many better than her. Right. And so on her bust on in the Hall of Fame, on her little bronze statue, she can have her face, you know, house Tyrell, and then have a little quote and people walk by it. It's like that's funny. And then move on to the mm-hmm. next one. So, like, I'm, I'm saying it's a Hall of Famer, but not a triumphant one. Okay. I'm on board. Right. Okay. Uh, that moves us out of the Hall of Famer section and moves us into <laughs> the – this is a segment we're going to call Draft Kings, okay? Hang on. Let me give a little background here. I got to okay. start. Before you get into Draft Kings, because you did most of the work here, uh, and I want you to explain it. But here's just a little peek behind the curtain. When Andrew and I come up with new segments – 
we don't think of the segment first. We think of the name of the segment, and then the segment idea follows. So, like, I was at work today. I'm like, Andrew, we need to do a segment called DraftKings and FanDuel because both of those things belong in Westeros. Like, right. It just feels it. It feels right. It feels, it feels like a right. Game of Thrones thing. DraftKings and FanDuel. And so we decided we're going to make two segments called DraftKings and FanDuel today. And they came together quite well, I think. Right. So you texted me a little after lunchtime. Like, these are the two segments. And then we kind of – you came up with the, the concept for FanDuel. And I, and I came up with the concept for DraftKings. So the, dra- the concept for DraftKings is this. And, and this is a, a little game that's done at least in the, in the NBA circles of, you know, you get a chance to make an all-time team with $15 – who do you do it? And so you're as a point guard, you have five dollars, four dollars, three dollars. So we have DraftKings. You have fifteen dollars to build a dynasty to last one thousand years. And the five categories are monarch, hand of the king, military commander, bodyguard, and advisor. So you have fifteen dollars to spend. So let's just go through the first one. And how I want to do this, Kevin, is I kind of want to have you pick a team, and then we're going to go through it individual category by category, saying the good bets, bad bad bets, sucker bets. You know what what's necessary. So, and if you if you are, if you haven't seen this yet, go to our Twitter at Make Westeros or go on Facebook slash Make Westeros Great Again. You will see this little sheet, but we can do it even with you not with you not looking at it. We'll help you through it. Okay, so let's go through. Do you just want me to give me your teams? And then we'll go I can through do that. Okay, give me give me your teams and then we'll go through it individually. I made two quick lineups. One of them is the so, most and, and just to get jump in here, this is very much like a, a real DraftKings lineup. <laughs> oh yeah. Where each player is given a, a value, you have to fill certain slots. So maybe we're we should do this for the the real uh, talk to DraftKings or make our own DraftKings like based on kills, based on I like it. Other things. We uh, could make like $13. $13 at least. So, okay, so this is the lineup called uh, the lineup I most want to have a beer with. Okay. So, you know, like presidents you almost want to have a beer with. Like the, this, these are the ones I want. So Braun is number one for $2. He's, and so a, he's, he's my bodyguard. He's your bodyguard. Jon Snow is my monarch for $4. And that was tough. It was between him, Danny, Cersei, Stannis, and Khal Drogo. Like none of those guys are folks I really want to have a beer with. So John just like he's the one I guess I'll have a beer with, right? I I take uh, a little little you ta- uh, offense to that. You don't want to have a beer with Cal Drogo? I'm not sure I'd make it through it. Like it was, yeah, it was it'd more be great defense, though, it'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> it's more of a defense mechanism. <laughs> okay. Um okay, for the hand, I chose uh I chose Tyrion, obviously. That's an easy one. Uh for the advisor, I chose Jorah. Uh mm. and cuz he was a doll, I needed a dollar guy and See, he was my yeah, he's, he's a dollar guy. guy. I think you got to spend your money on an advisor. So you went the chief way for an advisor. And here's the deal with Jorah, is that if he was you know, your advisor, he's got a tendency to fall in love with whoever he's <laughs> serving. And if this is like, if this is especially a situation of this is the team I most likely want to have a beer with, alcohol is going to be involved. Jorah's going to fall in love with the leader, with Jon Snow. It's going to be a little weird. They're not going to get yeah. anything done. That's why I think Jorah's a sucker bet. So that's a good point. I, I don't like point. that. I don't like that. So anyway, that's your first team. Your team. I of... forget the one more military commander is okay. Euron. Okay. Well, obviously, so... would you survive that? What's that? Would you survive that drinking 
Well, <laughs> a yeah, night out drinking. I think mean, it'd be fine. I mean, who, my, my other options were Grey Worm, uh, Ramsey. I'm not into that. Uh, Rob Stark, like boring, and Jamie, boring. So it was, you're going to think would at least spice it up a little bit. Okay. Okay. Give me your second team. The second team is the, uh, this is the no F around crew, is what we're going to call it. So this is Cersei, is my monarch. The Mountain is my bodyguard. Uh, Kyvern is my hand. Because, you know, I think this this is starting to sound like Team Cersei, actually. Littlefinger is my advisor, and Ramsey is my military commander. That's not unrealistic. Like, that was kind of last season. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, my, like, Littlefinger was kind of back and forth, but that was pretty much last season. That is my, that's my crew that is going to wreck. I, I, I like that. It's the wrecking crew. Okay, so let's let's go you know, category by category and, and kind of just give our thoughts. Uh, the first one is Monarch. Uh, and the most expensive is Danny at $5, Jon Snow at $4, Cersei at $3, Stannis Baratheon at $2, and Cal Drogo for $1. In my opinion, the best pick is Cal Drogo. Because in Game of Thrones, I think it's become evident that the person actually in charge is rarely in charge. So you just have, you get a cheap monarch. Cal Drogo's cool guy. He has a horse. He just hangs out. He doesn't have, you know, real luxury requirements. So you don't need to build him a giant castle. He just needs a tent. That's a good point. So you save money there. So I think Cal Drogo is your best bet. Okay. I think your sucker bet is Jon Snow. Four dollars. Yeah, he's expensive. He's unproven. We don't know anything about Jon Snow. He's a I good agree. uh he's a good Lord Commander of the Night's Watch, but he did get killed. That's a good point. And uh you know, Sansa's really running the show up there. So I mean I think, you know, I like John. I think he's he's probably my favorite character on the show. But he's not gonna be my draft king's pick. Okay. Who do you got for the hand then? Uh, this is one where you got to spend your money, right? I think your best pick is Tywin. Pay the money. Pay the $5. So you have Tywin at $5, Tyrion Lannister at 4 Davos at 3 Ned Stark at 2 and uh, Kyburn at 1 You know, Ned Stark's thrown in here at 2 bucks, but, like, Ned Stark did not do well as his hand. He got, he got killed very quickly. You know, Kyburn at a dollar, you could do worse to have Kyburn at a dollar. As long as, I mean, that dude is pretty loyal. Right. If you're and putting your he, team together that way, that you could make that work. And you know, this is tough because I think Davos is not terrible at three dollars. Also, a loyal guy, uh, and and seemingly has your best interests at, at heart. Tywin and Tyrion, Tywin especially, he's going to have his interests at heart all the time, not yours. I think Tywin is is not my pick ever in this category. He's always going to be self interested, family interested, which is fine. Which is you just got to understand that you just got to know. What you're getting. So my team so far would be Cal Drogo and Tywin. Because uh, I think Tywin would keep Cal Drogo in check. Like, he'd be running the show. <laughs> but but Tywin would uh, keep him in line. Uh, okay. All right, military commander. We have uh, five choices. $5, Jamie Lannister. $4, Euron Greyjoy. $3, Rob Stark. $2, Ramsey Bolton. $1, Grey Worm. Uh, I think the best pick is Ramsey Bolton. Two dollars. Yeah, he actually proved himself pretty capable. Uh, He's a little arrogant. That's why he lost. He did shoot arrows into his own guys because he was, you know, just too good. He was too good. You know, Rob, though, if you think about it, Rob never really lost. 
and he lost only because of some bullshit that happened at the Red Wedding. So I don't know for three dollars, like he, he was actually pretty solid. Yeah, but it was Rob's fault. Like he, he's only has That's himself true. to blame. That's true. That's only, a good point. I mean, he, he did it to himself. He won every battle, but he lost the war. So what, what does that say about him? Good that point. says he's okay. a three dollar pick. You got to know what you're getting. <laughs> All right, uh, bodyguard. Let's breeze through this one. Five dollars the mountain. Four dollars Brienne. Three dollars the hound. Two dollars Bron. And one dollar Tormund. I think you can go cheap here. I think you can go Tormund. Yeah, I like Braun at two dollars. He he still hasn't lost anything. You know, he's he seems pretty capable. We've had him in, in our top three or four fighters every time. Uh, I, I think I think Braun's a, a good pick at two dollars. I think I'd take Braun over Tormund. I'd pin, spend one more dollar. Okay, and that's a similar value. If you, if you if you want the mountain, like you know, you're not going to get get killed. Brienne's probably the best fighter, but you know she did kind of lose Arya. She's yeah, not, not great. She's not great with Sansa. Hey, you're at risk of her falling in love with you too. That's true. That's very yeah, you're, true. You're over here talking about Jorah. You don't want your you don't want your bodyguard to like start getting a little too attached. Yeah. Okay. So last one, advisor. Yeah. So I think this this is where you spend some money too. Uh, Varys at five, four dollars uh, for Littlefinger, three dollars for Melisandre, two dollars for Missandei, and one dollar for Jorah. You gotta spend some money and get at least Varys or Littlefinger because if you don't, you're already behind. You're already playing two steps behind everybody else. That's a good point. I think this is a top-loaded uh, uh, category here. Although you could say maybe Melisandre, don't listen to her, like bad advising, but she might be able to bring you back from the dead. So that's kind of cool. So I don't know. You got that little thing going for you, but that's really, really it. That's yeah, I, I hear you. So anyway, go to our Twitter accounts, uh, look up DraftKings, and uh, play this little game. We've gotten a lot of great responses. It seems like Jon Snow is the uh, John Snow Tyrion package. It seems to be where everybody's going towards. But I, and I, I literally have seen no one pick Caldrogo except for me. It started off with sports Twitter that was really reacting to this, and in the last half hour, uh, Game of Thrones Twitter has really taken hold. <laughs> oh, really? So, I haven't even looked yeah, at don't, it. Don't look at your Twitter. <laughs> I looked down, and there were like 40 notifications in the past half hour. So uh, people it's, – and it's all it's – all, Jon Snow, one, two, three. <laughs> like people that are that are responding now. So I like it. Okay. Well, Jon Snow is a little overrated, I think. Uh but anyway, play that game. It's it's pretty fun. Play with your friends. Let us know who you think. Anyway, uh, Cal Drogo, he's, he's the pick for uh, your monarch on that one, obviously. Okay, the next category, Kevin, is FanDuel. This is, again, just a name of a category you came up with, <laughs> name of a segment that we just developed from there. So can you explain this segment? Yeah, this one's a little on the nose, but I think it'll be fun. So FanDuel is going to be literally a duel of fans. Uh, we're going to pick people at random on our Twitter account. We're going to tell them that they're going to duel with someone else on the Twitter account. We're going to give them a topic to duel about, and then they're going to duel. And then we will choose the winner on the podcast. That's it. So we actually did this before, before the show, we picked two random Twitter followers. Uh, one of them is X bro And the other one is it's me reek. And we gave them a topic. X bro had to defend Dornish red and it's me reek had to had to defend an ale from the iron islands and we just let them go and that's all we did so 
Uh, pretty good responses, I think, between these two. Andrew, I'm going to read them, and then you you tell me who you think you who who you think won the fan duel. Ready? Okay, love it. Okay, so uh, it started off with uh, the ale. This is for, this is from It's Me Reeks. She said, "From the Iron Islands, it increases libido even in Theon." Oh, see, that's important. Okay. That's I mean, that you're getting important. you're getting more out of it than your typical drink. Okay, so here Dornish Red made a comeback. Dornish Red is the drink of the Westeros millennial. It assists in blurring the antiquated and formulaic lines of sexuality. <laughs> so okay, okay, this okay. is it's, it's modern. Like you know, it's it's 2016, Kevin. It's 2016. Uh, okay, wine actually did a double time here. Also pointing out for the record that no one has ever used Iron Island's ale to poison a tyrannical adolescent. That's true. You know, you're not going to be the Iron Island's ale like. It's maybe better to do it, though, because it already tastes like garbage. That's a good point. Uh, and then Ale came back and said, no one has drank Iron Island Ale has gotten their head smashed in by Sir Gregor either yet. That's a good point. Ooh, Sir Gregor versus Euron. That'd be a good battle. That would okay. be fun. Ooh, that's Who won? Good. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Ale. There's just a lot of strengths. That are given that increases libido, not getting your head crushed in. Those are two values that I I, I, I highly I, I highly value. Two things that I highly recommend in, this was in a tough. drink. This was tough. This was a good one. I think I'm gonna go with uh, I think I'm gonna go with the wine though. Uh, I, I really liked that Dornish Red is the drink of the Westeros millennial. It blurs the antiquated and formulaic lines of sexuality. <laughs> I, I think there's something to that. So let's I'm gonna go with the with the uh, with the Dornish Red. So good job, FanDuel. It came in. We, we will probably play it again. We will pick two players uh, at random. So if you are picked and you want to do it, or even if you want to do it and we haven't picked you, just tell us and we'll probably make you one of them. And we'll come up with the topic. So let us know on Twitter if you want to be a FanDuel participant next week. There you go. Segment. FanDuel. Done. Good one, Kevin. You heard it. Good one, Kevin. Okay, uh, Kevin, we're going to move on to wildfire hot takes. Wildfire. Stand clear. Stand clear. First hot take, Kevin, is Danny's staff in for a shakeup? Is Tyrion on the hot seat like Anthony Scaramucci? By the <laughs> way, before we move on, at the beginning of this podcast, we always do a I'm Andrew from House Blank, and it's always you know something funny or something in the news. The past two episodes, my names have been Spicer and Scaramucci, both who have been fired during the week of the, the next podcast from the Trump administration. So I called out my shot today, and I said I was Jefferson Beauregard Sessions. So we'll see if, if, if what I'm choosing on this podcast really dictates. You need um, to be careful. Yeah, this this power, this is a lot of power. It's a lot of power. I got to be careful. You need to be a little, you need to be a little careful with that. And maybe I should have done the Jeff Sessions thing. Maybe I should have done like a Kellyanne thing just to see if it's it's a heat check, not not something <laughs> safe, not something safe like Jeff Sessions, which could probably happen. Yeah, so just something something bigger, something like Jared Kushner. You know, see if see if it's really mm. a, a real thing. But anyway, uh, is Danny's staff in for a shakeup, Kevin? Uh, and if so, who should Danny bring in? I think they are in a shakeup mode. I think they need some new blood. Need need something different to happen. Tyrion, I love the guy Andrew, but he has been wrong 
in this whole uh, in this whole war thing. He's not a general. I think we're learning that, right? And the problem is, who's your general in this group? Grey Worm, Worm, really? He doesn't know a goddamn thing about Westeros. He doesn't know anything. So that's why that's why Tyrion is there, man. And Tyrion is not bringing anything to the table right now, other than like really good banter, and he's really good at that. Uh, and he had some good banter this episode. So I I still really liked him. I just wish he would start winning. Uh, I did like the, the the little thing they did with with the camera shots in this episode where they sort of where he kind of explained or narrated what what was happening or what was going to happen on each. It was kind of one of those. I don't think I heard someone call it like a game of th- or I'm sorry, a uh, an Ocean's Eleven, like explaining what's about to happen. I like that. So anyway, that was uh, <laughs> that was that. But Andrew, he's struggling and we need to shake up. I, I recommend a couple things. And maybe you got something here too, but I think they need they need better communication for one. They need to be if they're going to go in and they're going to storm King's Landing uh, with with fire and you know turn everyone into ashes. They're going to need some real communication around that because that's not going to be uh, well received. And who better than the Red Priestesses? They came in and did really good work last time around. They did. Who better to stand on a soapbox and tell people bad news and flip it around to good news because it's all part of God's plan, right? Like they can bring that action. Good track record. Good track record. I mean, they've 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 done good for Danny before. Danny likes loyalty. She likes success. I think uh, I think that's a good shakeup. I have a different thought. I think they should go full Dothraki. I think they should just like turn the thing, like become a real Dothraki Kalasar. Like just l- let them, you know, just just let Trump be Trump. Let the Kalasar do Kalasar things. <laughs> you know, just go full bore into what they really are. I mean, that's all they really have left. They have dragons and a Kalasar. The Unsullied are uh, stuck in Casterly Rock, which I have another hot take that I'm going to add in after this about Casterly Rock. Uh, but so I think they should go full in Kalasar mode. You know, they probably need some boats to get back over, but then just, you know, just start pillaging. Just get, you know, get those guys over little, and just start pillaging. It's a little awkward because I think you're right that the Kalasar will be would be legit. But when you think about it, the the folks from from Euron's crew in the Iron Islands, like they're not that different. Like, what are they really good at? Like raping and pillaging and 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 stealing and just and on like the, moving on to the next thing, but on the ocean, what? right? So, it, but they they sort of share principles. It's almost like, uh, you know, like in World War or whatever, like they'd pause for Christmas, like they'd pause the fighting, like maybe they could pause for a good pillaging together and then go back to go back to to to, to fighting. I don't know. It just seems a little. That, that those two are, are a little too closely aligned to fight each other. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, m- maybe they're, like, so different uh, that, uh, you know, they, they, they go full circle. It's almost like Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump are, like, very similar, actually, because they're so <laughs> different. <laughs> like, like, there's, a, there's okay. a lot of, uh, there's a lot of uh, overlap between those supporters. You know what you need, though? I, do, I will say this. Uh, her her uh, staff... Seems to be dying a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Or like everyone's dying off. You know who you could add to your staff and know that that person's going to survive? Who's that? 
Hot pie. Hot pie is a survivor. Hot pie is a survivor. He's a so survivor. You go get hot pie just to make sure that you at least have one advisor <laughs> from life. <laughs> I like that. Okay, I'm going to get to my mini hot take about Castle Rock. Everybody's been talking about Castle Rock, how it's awesome. Not that tight, Kevin. Not that tight. I wasn't impressed. It really wasn't. And I was really upset that, that Casterly Rock was not actually the rock. Yeah, that we well, talked about. it does kind of look like a beach town. It's all like that little, you know, white brick uh, Spanish architecture. So it kind of looks like Malibu. So you know, the Rock probably has a a little beach house, you know, on the coast there. So he's probably around. Yeah, that was that was frustrating. I do agree with you. It wasn't it wasn't that impressive. I got one for you, Andrew. The the commoners in King's Landing, right? Uh, get really excited. When there's an opportunity to come in and boo and throw stuff on the field. So basically they're like Philly fans. Right. It's like, <laughs> it's like if you give us an opportunity to boo at something and throw cabbage on the field, like we're showing up and we're going to bring it. And the other thing about it, Andrew, don't they know that they should be rationing out food because winter has come and they're just bringing produce down to the – to the just the streets and just throwing it at people, they need to be saving that up, man. They need to well, be saving that up. I mean, it, it just depends on what you value. Do you value, you know, future food security, or do you value having a great time with your friends, booing whoever's who's ever walking through the? You know, it's it's like an entertainment budget. Like if you value that, then you can do that. And I think that you know those Kings Landing commoners, they just like to have fun. That's a good point. Well, they were having a grand old time out in the streets, uh, the Philly fans. So that's my hot take. Uh, Kings, Kings Landing commoners are Philly fans. Okay, I've got I've got one that's I'm stealing your thunder here because you're usually the one tooting this horn. Okay, but brand sucks. Yeah, you're <sighs> you're the brand guy. You're the brand hater. I've I've defended brand on this podcast. I'm so, I'm so glad this has come up. Yeah, and so here's here's what happened. He was showing Sansa that he can see everything. He was trying to demonstrate it to her. But he chose literally the worst possible thing to talk about. He could have literally chosen anything else, and it would have conveyed the same message. He could have told her, I saw you drop that, that grape Jolly Rancher on the floor and eat it yesterday. Like, that would do the trick. Totally. Maybe more so than what he chose. Right. He's like, you're now he's like, like you're really impressive. You're a creepy kid. You're creepy. Andrew, I'm so glad you brought this up because this has been bothering me for some time. And I'm just it's I'm kind of heartened. It's warm in my heart to hear that you say that brand sucks because, Andrew, I have been telling you for many a podcast that brand sucks. I think, I try. Uh, well, even beyond that, even when we were just doing this uh, podcast <laughs> to ourselves at uh, some sort of Kansas City bar in 2011, uh, <laughs> a- a- ever since Brand started having wolf dreams, you were like, I don't like that. Okay, I don't like you. that. Part of the thing is Brand sucks. The guy sucks at being Brand. Uh, the, the acting is not, it's not for me. But brand, like the whole, it sucks. And my, I, I looked on on the Twitter universe today, and I didn't see one person, one person defending brand. 
No. Finally. No. I'm off. All you people are coming around. Yeah. The brain sucks. And he's going to – here's the problem. What we just saw, it's not going to get better. Like no. he's going to continue to suck. You know he is. Like mm-hmm. is this three-eyed raven nonsense? He's going to be terrible at it. Terrible. Mm-hmm. I just hope he's not in every episode. I fear that. More than anything for Game of Thrones. I fear Bran. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll see what happens. Bring <laughs> in, I'd rather watch Ramsey do nasty, terrible things than watch Bran. <laughs> well, uh, I, I just want to get to a little quicker scene. Um, this is a little mini. I don't know if it's a very hot take, but I just want to tell you, I, I like the scenes where Varys and uh, talks to people like Melisandre or Littlefinger. Like where those people who are really in control of things get together and chat you know, if you remember from season five, like the latter speech of Varys and, and Littlefinger, or this past one with Varys and uh, Melisandre. I, I just like it because it's. I just like watching those. We need more of those because it's kind of like if Charles Koch and George Soros, like, you know, got together and had coffee and then just started, you know, dividing up the world. Like, you do this and you get here. And, you know, it's, it's, it's the real movers and shakers, the real guy behind the guy behind the guy, guys making, making the real decisions. I just like those scenes. We need more of those. I like that. I like that. I'm into that. Here's another uh, wildfire hot take for you. Uh, my, my favorite part, maybe my favorite part of the episode was when Drogon was, uh, flying around, you know, when, when Jon Snow got there and they were walking up with the, with the folks and, and, and Drogon got on his radio and was like, uh, pff, mother. And, and Khaleesi's like, yeah, he's like, uh, pff, this is a ghost rider requesting a flyby. And, and she was all like, uh, n- negative ghost rider. The pattern is full. And then he did it anyway. He came in and buzzed the tower. It was great. Negative, I really negative drug on the pattern is full. <laughs> and then and then and then uh, uh, Goose is in the background goes, Great balls of fire. There you go. So millennials will not get any of that, but I I'm sure a few people out there will recognize that. I just uh, imagine like some Dothraki sitting in the tower up there, like spilling his coffee all over himself. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, oh man, oh, Drogon, he did it again. Oh, oh, he did it again. Okay, Kevin, that was that was uh, that was some wildfire hot takes. So we're gonna move on. We have uh, one entry into the Book of Brothers. Book of Brothers. I've always dreamed about having a brother. All the great deeds of all the great kings go huh? That is correct. So, to get into the Book of Brothers, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave a comment. And if you leave a comment, we will write your name into the sacred, the lore of the Book of Brothers. We will give you a nickname, and we will detail your great deeds. Uh, Kevin, I think you have one to give us today. Yeah, our guy Sai. So Sai is Sai the Burnt. Sure, Danny is the unburnt. But Sai the Burnt was even more impressive, Andrew, for he was a master griller and pitmaster in King's Landing, perfecting the art of barbecue burnt ends. He wasn't a Khaleesi of the Great Grass Sea, but he was the king of the Great Green Egg. He didn't break (laughs) shackles, but he did break the point half and smoke a brisket better than Drogon smokes a goat. You know what I'm saying? You can find his meats throughout King's Landing on his food truck, Meat Kalen. I like that. There you go. I like it. Sigh. The Sigh burnt. the burnt. Sigh the burnt. 
Okay, Kevin, before we get out of here, we're going to do some It Is Known predictions. It is known. It is known. It is known. It is known. Andrew, I got one for you. So Littlefinger's been sitting around for a while, right? Like, we haven't really seen him do anything. He's sort of sitting in the corner, side-eyeing. He's pretty good at that. And, you know, he's talking to Sansa and whatever. She's not really having it. But, you know, he he got through to her this time. He's got to do something, right? Like, I feel a pretty hard pivot for, 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 uh, for Littlefinger here. And he's going to bring something to the table. And, and, and Andrew, he seemingly keeps winning, right? So, and we've talked about this. There's a chance this man might sit on the uh, Iron Throne by the, by the time this thing's, uh, this thing's over. He's going to need to make a move. And I don't think Sansa's going to, going to live up to it. Like, I don't think Sansa's in. So is it possible that he goes back gets his the Knights of the Vale and starts picking a side here or something because what he's doing right now is not working. I see him. He's going to pivot soon. He's got to go do something because I'm. Uh, he's not just going to sit around in Winterfell. What's he going to do? I think he's going to go back and get the Knights of the Vale and like go well, stomp he, on somebody. Well, they they have him. The Knights of the Vale are at Winterfell. Mm. But so he's got some some force. He's got some muscle. Will he use it? Mm. See, have you really got engaged with the idea that the Knights of the Vale are really bought in to fight the Night King? Yeah. You know, the Northerners are into it because, you know, King of the North, blah, blah, blah. But the Knights of the Vale, like, huh, who's this guy? Yeah. I'm who's not, this? I'm, see, I'm not Night feeling King? that. Those guys um, are way more likely to go mess with, like, Danny or Cersei or – you know what I mean? Right. I just feel like there's more – I could be wrong. Okay, but well, I, like I, I do agree. Happening. Littlefinger's got to make a move because, you know, he's got to do something. you got to do something. There's uh, not enough chaos. I, I want to talk for a moment about Samuel Tarly. And I just want to tell you, you can't punish a guy like Sam by making him read books because that's like his favorite thing to do. And so, you know, it's like... You know, telling Ramsey Snow, like, oh, Ramsey, you're in trouble. I want you to go murder some people. Like, Ramsey, <laughs> like, yes, great. And so I think that they're, you know, being a little obvious about that. But I think that, you know, some secret will be revealed in some of those old and, and falling apart books. Maybe right. about Dragonglass, maybe about John, maybe about the secret of the White Walkers or, or something like that. So, uh, you know... Sam's punishment, his most favorite thing in the world. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna discover something, and then you know that that key will will open the the strategy for defeating the White Walkers. Uh, but the, it, it'll it'll come through this so-called punishment. See, I got a hotter take on your hot take. That are you trying to upscorch whole, me? You upscorching yep, me? I'm upscorching you. That whole thing that he did, the Archmaester or whatever, where he's like, you need to do these books. He put those books there on purpose. Oh. Oh, what do you know about that? Oh. You think about that, huh? That's next level. Oh. So. I got another one for you. I don't, this is, if we're getting back into hot takes, I don't think Jorah's really cured. Ooh, wow. That Too is easy. Take. Too easy. Like, all you got to do is cut it off. You don't think they've thought of that before? Well, they use like an ointment. Right? Yeah, an ointment, like Neosporin. They put Neosporin on a little scab. You think that's going to work? This, this stuff is like, th- those dudes... 
remember that we he got infected by those guys jumping into the water in right, old Valeria. Yeah. Right, what, yeah, what was yeah. that? Like well, those those guys didn't Andrew, think to just cut it off. Well, Andrew, listen. First of all, he had a lot of rest, and there was the climate. The climate. So, that's right. I mean, he had, he had extra rest. Yeah, yeah. See, you didn't think about that. And the food. You know, the food was really good. I don't know if you saw the food montage. So he had a great dining. He had rest, relaxation, and he had a great climate. So, you know, maybe, maybe it's possible. I don't know. I don't think. I don't think his uh, his bout with the sickness is over. Just okay. that's my that's my prediction. All right, I got one last prediction. My my last one was uh, was about Littlefinger. I think this one is pretty obvious. It doesn't look like Danny and John are gonna be an item or something. I see hot. I see hot. She was she was kind of looking at. I mean, she was doing that thing where she was like trying to be cool, but she was like, "Hmm, this guy's kind of interesting. I'm kind of into that." Like, did you get that feeling? Well, I hope John took a bath, like we recommended. Mm, good point. Uh, either way, remind me: is he her nephew? Nephew? Yes. Okay. So, like, as Game of Thrones things go, and and really Targaryens go, that's not bad. Not bad. It's actually quite distant. <laughs> that's good. Like, com- that's like compared good. to other relationships, uh, v- very distant. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. Okay. Well, it could work. Okay. Well, I'm I'm shipping that. Obviously, I I think everyone else is too. That that seems to be a thing that that is that is. Actually, I heard somewhere. Someone was like John and Sansa. I'm like, see, that one felt ugly. That one felt nasty. But then again, that's not that far off. They, I mean, that's yeah, that's cousins and cousins. Yeah, it's cousins. Yeah. So anyway, either way, there's a little bit of like, eh, but for some reason, the the John and and uh, and Sansa one feels way dirtier than the uh, the John and Danny one. I'm 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 shipping that. Yeah, if you can get married in Missouri. With cousins, you can definitely get married in Westeros' as first cousins. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> all right. Andrew, I think that's all we got. That's that all it? we got. Yeah, we got an exciting episode. I don't even know what the next episode is called. I don't know if they've released it. Uh, but I think Danny's going to be mad. There's going to be a shakeup. Uh, maybe Tyrion's on the hot seat like Scaramucci, who's gone. <laughs> is Tyrion going to be gone like Scaramucci? Or, uh, I hope not. We're going to have I, – I just I just think we go, we go full Dothraki – Full Kalasar. Let's let's skid that way. Let's turn. He needs to start turn being into right. It. He needs to start being right. Yeah. We'll see. All right. Well, Andrew, we appreciate uh, everybody listening. And as always, go out and check out that uh, DraftKings sheet on on Twitter, or Facebook. Have some fun with that. Respond to us. We'll be retweeting our favorite ones. Give, especially if you give a little background, like why you picked what you picked. Uh, I think those, uh, those are the best ones. So appreciate it very much. You can find us at make Westeros. You can find us on Facebook, uh, slash make Westeros great again. Leave us that comment on iTunes. We'll get you into the book of bros. And until next time, Valamogolis. Valado Hyrus. Valado Hyrus.